This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look at fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'm going to do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense going to turn up, but the defense going to win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. All right, welcome in to the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm your host, Corey Burton, and we got a very new exciting series. Now that the SEC has announced that they're going to uh, roll on with the season, and as of right now, it looks like everything is a go, uh, we're going to launch our series. I'm going to call it Show Me Your Opponent. And uh, this this uh, episode of Show Me Your Opponent is going to feature the Kentucky Wildcats. And to help me preview the Kentucky Wildcats, we brought in Vinny Hardy and Matthew Perkins. Um, Vinny Hardy is the host of the Believe in Kentucky show. And Matt Perkins is uh, the host of the Believe in Vanderbilt football podcast, also co-hosted with uh, Zach Stacy. They do a tremendous job. Um, if you haven't if you haven't heard any of their if you haven't heard any of their episodes, make sure you go over and check out Believe in Kentucky and Believe in Vanderbilt football. I'm going to show a little bit of uh, SEC East love, and uh, they do a great job. Both of those shows do a tremendous job, so uh, check it out. Uh, Vinny is joined with Tony Delk uh, on the regular basis. So uh, I enjoy both of those shows. Also, uh, today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Did somebody say Playoffs. The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered, even though the NBA has taken a brief pause due to uh, protesting and boycotting uh, the, the situation up in Wisconsin. Um, it doesn't stop you from betting on MLB games. Uh, I went on betonline.ag last night. Uh, what One thing that fired me up, really, is the, the free online blackjack tournaments, and uh, I'm I feel like I'm pretty good at blackjack, so I might give those a shot here. Um, and uh, I, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm going to see kind of what, what I can do in the blackjack world. So take full advantage of sports being back. Get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. And, again, reminder, they have those daily blackjack tournaments. I'm, I will partake in a few of those. So head to betonline.ag today. Sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, 
your online sportsbook experts. So, um, again, it's it's an exciting season in SEC football. Um, I bet you could go over to betonline.ag and look up some of the, some of the lines for uh, for SEC teams and, and where they're going to finish and, and their odds to win the SEC. I know Vanderbilt, I think, is 250-1. to 1. That's a plus 25,000. Um, I'm not sure how all that works. Somebody, um, somebody listening to the show, give me some feedback. Uh, believe in dogs at gmail.com. Explain all of these uh, betting lines to me. I'm not really much of a gambler, so I don't really know. Um, I would like to learn. I think it'd be fun sometimes if, if I ever had the uh, income to do so. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that, that's exciting is that there's going to be a 10-game SEC schedule, and uh, it's everybody's schedule is tough. In, in their own right, some tougher than others, uh, some tougher in parts than others. I think Georgia's schedule, I've talked about this before, Georgia's schedule is very front-loaded, um, but the one game that really scares me to death is the Kentucky game. It is it is on the road right before the bye. It is game five, and it comes right after the Alabama game. So I uh, just want to uh, preview Kentucky and uh, want to show you kind of what to expect from that game. We will catch back up with Vinny the week of the game to kind of get an updated of you know how things are looking after after four games for Kentucky. So uh, without further ado, uh, we welcome Vinny Hardy and Matthew Perkins to preview the Kentucky Wildcats. Enjoy and go dogs. Welcome in. We we've got a very special guest. Uh, Vinny Hardy joins us from the Believe in Kentucky podcast, and also Matt Perkins from the Believe in Vandy podcast. We're going to give you a Kentucky preview, or Vinny's going to give us a Kentucky preview, uh, season preview, to kind of let us know what the Wildcats bring to the table. But first, before we get started, let's exchange pleasantries. Vinny, how you doing, man? Man, Corey, Coach, I think I call you Coach all the time. I'm doing good. Fun to meet you on Twitter, and oh, yeah. now cool to meet you via Zoom, man. Put a name with a face. That's that's always a that's always a great thing. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I I want to ask if anybody he has been uh, he's been potting with Tony Delk, which I'm very jealous about because because I'm sure Tony's got stories. Man, that's his. This you're exactly right, and and good to meet you too as well, Matt. To connect virtually in this pandemic era. Um, I didn't go to any games when Tony played. I went to some before he was there. Went to some after he was there. And never got to interview him. So on a couple of these episodes, I've I've said it. I'm selfishly like asking him all the stuff I wanted to ask him. I'm kind of like just doing partial interviews with every episode. And I'll ask a few questions now and save a few for the next one. So we're having a lot of fun, man. It's, it's a, I'm still pinching cool. myself. I'm like, well, I'm really doing this podcast with Tony Dove. Exactly. Cool. That's, that's, that's really cool, man. That's that really, is really cool. cool. And did you, did you get to the bottom of what his opinion of those uh, awful denim looking uniforms were? I might ask him that today. I hadn't got to the denim. Hadn't asked a lot about 96. Had some NBA stuff. Yeah. But I, I have to work in the denim question for sure. Oh, yeah. You, you just need to go straight to it, man. Just just, just rip the Band-Aid on that, you know? Let's see. I might I might tell him, it's, you know, from <laughs> the Believe in Dogs podcast host. I might tell yeah. him Coach Corey. Coach Corey wants to know from the Believe in Dogs podcast uh, because that's probably the coolest basketball story that any Georgia fan will will – We'll hear because our basketball team, as you know, is well. We got no true. Our, our tradition is Dominique Wilkins, and that's about it. And full disclosure, that's my favorite NBA player of all time. I know he went you're, to Georgia. You're a good man. But TBS, I grew up on Dale Murphy and Dominique. Neek is my guy. 
my Hawks fandom stopped when they traded him to the Clippers for Danny Manning. I, oh, I disowned the Hawks. Still hurts. I, mm, I get pissed off just thinking about it. I haven't disowned the Hawks yet, but, uh, you know, and Trey Young's making it difficult, but um, it, it's close. It's close to happening. Yeah. Trey Young is the definition of inefficient basketball. Yeah, though. he is. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I might have to. He's a chucker. He is a chucker. I'm, He's a chucker. I might just have to open up uh, my NBA fandom for, uh, like, do a trial period for next season and just try to pick a team uh, because my hometown team is, you know, they're making it tough. So that's neither here nor there. Uh, basketball, we. Vinny, I can't wait to get you back Coach, on. Coach, maybe you and I should jump on the on, on the Grizzly band bandwagon so we can get a little more John Morant in our Ooh, lives. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's interesting. That's that's a little bit more local, um, and yeah. they they have the they have an exciting star in John Morant played at Murray State, which is also yeah. local. So or local ish, I guess. Um, I mean, it's Kentucky. It's, Kentucky. it's, it's right, right up above. It's right over the border, right? Well, yeah, it's not that far. Yeah, it's it's like uh, out twenty four, I think, just before you get to Paducah. Maybe I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. I, I pretend like I know Kentucky geography. I really don't. Um, so, uh, Vinny, let's talk football. All right. Uh, Kentucky, um, they've been to four straight bowl games. Uh, they had a, a quarterback that's not a quarterback last year, Lynn Bowden, uh, got drafted into the NFL. Um, some catastrophic things happened at the quarterback position. Uh, defense was pretty good. Defense kind of held them in. And, and uh, they had an elite running game with, with Lynn Bowden and, and their, their, running, their running backs and their receivers. We have no clue what they got. So offensively, what, what, is, what does Kentucky bring to the table? Can they have more of a stable offense this year? It should be more normal this year. Last year was, I mean, just a freakish storm. Every quarterback in the room got hurt. You know, Terry Wilson's second game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, his backup, Sawyer Smith, came in, gets banged up against Florida. The third-string quarterback, Nick Scalzo, got hurt in summer camp. So when those two guys go down, it's, you know, what do we do? So they, they move Lynn over the tail end of the South Carolina game, and you know, he went 6-2 and two as a starter the rest of the way, and they still finished 8-5, and five, beat Virginia Tech in the bowl game. It should be back to more normal – semi-balanced. Your coach Stoops is always going to be a type of guy that likes to likes to pound the rock. But if Terry Wilson is healthy, you could see him making some strides in year two before injury last year, coming off his first year, which was, you know, where he was at junior college before that. So it was looking like, you know, the mechanics were better from what little bit of a glimpse we got before he went down. He's fully healthy from the knee injury. He should be healthy and, and good. Still got a lot of good running backs. The receivers is kind of the question. You know, Josh Ali, as a Richard freshman, Tay-Tay Crooms, Alan Daly, a lot of guys with a lot of opportunities to prove themselves. And they will actually throw the ball, contrary to what many people saw last year. It <laughs> will be – the forward pass will be back in the offense again. Yeah, we thought uh, you guys forward. were going to stick to the 1920s brand of football. So, um, You know what? It was a lot of fun to watch. I'm not going to lie. It was. On, uh, uh, Terry, on the uh, on the other show that Coach and I do together, we I, I think I think we extolled the virtues of Lynn Bowden Jr. on damn near every single show that we did last year because we were just in it, awe. It, it of was what amazing. Doing. What when he was did. the last time? I mean, when was the last time a guy led his team in passing, rushing, and receiving? Yeah, and led the conference I in mean, rushing in a little more than half a season. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and what he averaged like like something like eight point two yards per carry, somewhere around like that. Like I mean, it was darn near a first down every time he ran. And what, the ball. what's crazy but is everyone actually, knew it was coming, and they still right. couldn't stop it. 
Exactly. Well, I, I want to circle back to Terry Wilson. So he had the knee injury second uh, second game of the season last year, and I've been reading reports that he's back it, close to, if not 100% healthy. Is he the odds-on start? Is he the odds-on guy to be the starter in opening week this year? Yeah. yeah. Or is he going to be it's, pushed by anybody else? It's be his job to lose. There, uh, Sawyer Smith will be back as well. Um, I got a freshman from Lexington, Bo Allen, who's highly touted. His dad played at Kentucky back in the day, and actually Kentucky's this surge lately is getting him good enough to where you get sons of former players actually interested in Kentucky again. For instance, uh, Jamal Adams with the Jets, his father was George Adams that played for Kentucky, but, I mean, Kentucky was terrible. He had no interest in coming. Travis Frederick, who just retired from my Dallas Cowboys, his father played for Kentucky. But, you know, so you, you're kind of getting these legacy guys to come back in. Uh, but, yeah, Terry Wilson is, by all accounts, good to go. And unless he comes in and just kind of struggles and, and doesn't get it going, he, he should be all right to start the season off. You got the Eastern Michigan rematch revenge game week one, and then you go right to Gainesville in the swamp for, for week number two. So, I mean, that's a, that is definitely a baptism by fire. Absolutely. Heading down to the, heading down to the swamp week two on a, on a reconstructed knee. So, you he know, he was the guy that beat him. He was the first quarterback since 86 to beat the Gators in Gainesville. So he'd be familiar with down there. He's a local hero then, right? Uh, oh man. So absolutely. Does Joey Gatewood, does he prove any threat? I don't, don't think he's going to be eligible. Um, if he is, he, would be, you know, I mean, by, with all the tools, mm-hmm. uh, just getting beaten out by Knicks down there at Auburn. And that's another, you know, Kentucky's recruiting here lately in my lifetime. I mean, you as a Georgia fan are used to mm-hmm. this. I'm still pinching myself with what <laughs> Stoops has been able to do. You get Gatewood transferring in from Auburn. It's like, what? Kelvin Joseph on the defensive side from LSU? Yeah. What? Yeah. This doesn't happen for Kentucky football. So this is – this is new territory for us. I'm 42 years old, so this is this is new territory. So it doesn't hurt to have uh, Cavassier Smoke, who actually also owns the coolest name in the conference, um, at running back, and and I think it makes kind of whoever's playing quarterback a little bit easier, and and, and this offense flow a little bit easier, despite not having any experience at wide receiver or any known experience, uh, I should say. So, um, talk about Cavassier. Yeah, he's a. A, a really good back, like in the name alone, it's going to garner attention, but he's got the game to kind of back that up. Uh, he's got a great offensive line to run behind and, you know, he kind of got his feet wet last year. Uh, he'll be more experienced. You also got Chris Rodriguez, AJ Rose came back for a senior season. So the, the backfield is, is deep again. The offensive line is, is veteran. Uh, Drake Jackson at center, one of the best in the conference. Landon Young at left tackle comes back. So Terry can should be like, you know, last year be able to lean on that running game. Mm-hmm. And and now you have the threat of a passing game just to kind of keep everybody honest. So it and their 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 tight ends are, are pretty good too. They still don't use them a lot. You know, you hear Eddie Grant say that, yeah, we're gonna get the tight ends involved. They have some good ones. Justin Reed, Keaton Upshaw, you know, if they can get them in the passing game a little bit, that just helps their case. Well, I mean, it, it certainly, you know, I think the plans were there. So, um, but yeah, Matt, go ahead. Vinny, are there any uh, true freshmen, uh, you know, 2020 recruits that you think are going to be able to step in on the two deep or maybe even be starting on the offensive side of the ball? Offensively, 
I, I don't think so offensively. Um, you know, maybe well, then, let, then let's talk about the defense. Maybe Crooms that makes a noise at wide receiver. Defensively, Justin Rogers, the defensive tackle from Michigan, um, he's been on Twitter, you know, not really popping off, but talking about, you know, I've I've never set the bench. I don't plan on doing it now. And Kentucky is has got a lot at the defensive line. You got Quentin Bohanna there from from right there in Tennessee. Uh, McCall, two humongous sturdy anchors there and and rogers is coming in talking about i'm you know i don't sit the bench i'm not used to it so uh he might make some noise and that that defensive line has a lot of depth but uh, he's coming in planning to play right away yeah i mean we've seen in in the past couple seasons we've seen some really great edge rushers come out come off of the cats i mean i'm thinking about guys like josh allen and things like that like that can just really get after the quarterback who's going to be the guy this year that we're going to see you know approach or break double digit sack numbers and if you and when kentucky was terrible stoops first couple years you had bud dupree and and zadarius smith and they were Bud dupree is still one of the freak athletes i've ever seen play in the conference i remember i remember watching him when he was just thinking like how could anyone ever possibly block that like block of granite that happens to run like a four or five. And this was, you know, Stoops got hired. He was defensive coordinator from Florida state. I'm like, okay, that's cool. The defense should, you know, eventually get there. And it took a little bit longer. The cupboard was extremely bare as we know, replacing Joker Phillips, but we were still kind of waiting for the defense. You know, you beat Louisville the year they had Lamar Jackson, you beat them 41, 38. It wasn't a defensive game. But now, you know, starting 2018, you know, Josh Allen did what he did, set all kind of records. Um, he's kind of passing the torch. You got Josh Paschal, who had cancer and, and was out for last year. And Boogie Watson is another edge rusher. The two of those are kind of poised to – we're not – I'm not putting that Josh Allen pressure on them. They're poised to maybe have a breakout season. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's certainly a position that I think that's extremely heralded by uh, by Kentucky. Let's talk about the linebackers then. Um, you know, let's talk about, um, you know, the other guys that are, you know, DeAndre Square, Chris Oates, Jamon uh, Davis, uh, those guys, you know, the inside guys that, that are going to be plugging up the run. What, what, what How do they factor into this defense? They're thin there. That might be the, the area of concern. You know, Cash Daniel graduated, you know, senior, been there. Uh Oates and DeAndre Square played a lot last year, even when Daniel was out. He was dinged up and, and missed a couple of games. Chris Oates had a medical issue where he was hospitalized and the uh, family didn't disclose it. It's, you know, it was really concerning. It wasn't COVID related, but he was in the hospital and then had to be transferred to a rehab facility and he's going to be out for the season. So that's basically all that we know. Um, and, you know, just basically hope you get better, get healthy as a person, and then get back to worrying about football. So they're going to be without Chris Oates. Square is there. Jamin Davis is there. So they're going to be thin inside uh, from that standpoint. They got a transfer coming in from uh, Juco, but he won't be eligible until next year. Joko Willis will be available next season. So they're going to be thin, uh, honestly, come at linebacker. That's got to open the door for Jared Casey, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, highly touted in-state kid who uh, redshirted last year. When, and that's another thing, Kentucky. They redshirted that entire class. That's what big boys like Georgia and Alabama do to build depth. And that's what Stoops is in the process of getting established here at Kentucky. 
once again, stuff we've never seen before. Yeah, well, speaking of that, I mean, like, that defense, uh, you know, looking at the two deep, it's almost exclusively upperclassmen. So I would imagine that the team is going to be a little bit more reliant on that while they try to get all their ducks in a row and, and get the gears moving on an offense that is going to look very different from last year. And last year coming off of, you know, they, they win 10 games in 2018, and you had a ton of guys go to the league from the secondary. You know, Westry, Beatty, Mike Edwards, that whole crew. So the weak link was supposed to be the secondary, and they go out and don't allow a passing touchdown. You know, a caveat, they played a lot of games in the rain. You know, they played in Georgia, then Athens. You know, Corey, it was a downpour. Um, oh, it was a, I mean, downpour is probably not strong enough of a term. <laughs> that was a mess. Monsoon, I think, is a more appropriate yeah. word. And, you know, yeah. you guys won 21 to nothing. And it was 14 to nothing, and Lynn Bowden hit, I think, Ali in the end zone, and he dropped the touchdown. If it's 14-7, it, it goes different. I'm not saying Kentucky wins. I'm saying it's, you know, everybody. And, and there the was another. Is a little bit. There was another. Yeah. There was another touchdown pass in that game that Eric Stokes saved saved us. Uh, it was had him beat, and Eric Stokes just, uh, and I think it was a product of the weather, just booked it, uh, made up ground, and actually broke up the pass. Um, but it, it was one of those that if it wasn't a wet ball, that's a touchdown Kentucky. Yeah. That's probably 21-14 at that point. So, so yeah, sorry. So, selfishly, I want to talk about the offensive line as a former offensive lineman myself. Um, oh. There is a really highly touted freshman, Jeremy Flax, who comes from Independence, Kansas, who already looks like a college player coming out of high school. I mean, he's what, he's about 6'6", 320, and he looks like he could go in and manhandle some kids. And Do you think that he could you know, crack the rotation this year, or what's the outlook overall for the offensive line? They're pretty experienced. Logan Stenberg went to the, to the Lions. They lose him from last year. Um, but you know, you're Landon Young, you're, you're Drake Jackson, Darian Kennard, a lot of established guys. Uh, but John Schlarman, who played O-line for Kentucky back in the 90s, and another guy who's, who's doing this while battling cancer, him and Josh Paschal were kind of like buddies. And if you, you know, really just take a look at what they're doing and how the guys say he comes to practice not missing a beat, he might run and go throw up for a little bit, and then he's right back to, you know, teaching the guys. But chemo, and, and it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, so they kind of were there for one another. But he rotates a lot of guys at different positions, mm -hmm. uh, and they have depth to do that. So uh, if, if Flax is, is ready and, and able to get in the mix, he'll definitely have a have a chance for sure. Yeah, that, uh, that, that positional versatility along the offensive line, I think, is something that Kentucky's become known for in the past couple of years. You know, you, you'll see guys, you know, bump down from tackle to guard almost seamlessly, which is something that's really impressive. I think we see a lot of teams that, you know, their tackles just play tackle and don't, you know, couldn't, you know, in, in a pinch do that same thing. But I think that that's one of the reasons why the running game at Kentucky has been so successful over the past couple of years is because you have guys, no matter what position they're in, understanding, you know, uh, blocking assignments and schemes, whether they're playing right tackle, left guard or whatnot. Exactly. And I think these are the notion – all these D lines do it all the time. Why can't we? You know, they rotate three new D tech, you know, D linemen in. You know, mm -hmm. they, Mississippi State, when Jeffrey Simmons was there, they, you know, they shuffled them in and out like a hockey team with their D line coming in and out, you know, in shifts. Mm -hmm. So Schlarman's kind of like, you know, we can do the same thing on the offensive side. Yeah, defensively, uh, I saw that you guys have replaced a lot of the position coaches. Does that, how does that, does that change anything philosophy, philosophy wise or scheme wise? 
Not, not really. And I was, I was going to try to get one of those new coaches on either the Believe Show or another show that I do. Uh, Derek LeBlanc went to Arkansas, defensive line coach, and they replaced him with Anwar Stewart, who played at UK back in the 90s, um, played in the CFL for about 13 years. Uh, I think he was at East Carolina before coming to Kentucky. There's still quite a bit of continuity. You've had a lot of guys that have had opportunities to go elsewhere. Uh, Vince Merrow is from Youngstown, Ohio. Youngstown State offered him a head coaching job. Michigan State made a run at him for recruiting coordinator and tight ends coach. He stayed. Eddie Grant has, you know, had some offers. And so a lot of these guys have stayed. You know, you get Brad White coming in from the Colts as defensive coordinator. You've had some change at another um, wide receiver coach, which that's still the question, too, to get to get those position up to snuff offensively. The changes aren't really that concerning. You don't hear, like, Discord on the staff. Uh, it's just not going to keep everybody forever. You know, you get some moving and shaking every year, no matter what. Usually, that's the beast. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, uh, one thing I want to ask you about is for fall camp this year. What is the biggest position battle that you're going to be keeping your eyes on? Obviously, everyone's always looking at quarterbacks, but outside of the quarterbacks, what is the biggest position battle that you think is going to uh, take place? For me, if 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 Rodgers is able to come in like he's planning on coming in, can he really challenge Bohannon and those guys? Because, I mean, that, that to me is kind of intriguing. All of the receivers across the board, because, you know, Bowden is gone now and, and Ahmad Wagner, who drew all kinds of pass interference, you know, penalties every time you threw a jump ball his way. Um, he's gone and went to the Bears. So the receivers across the board and, and maybe that D-line position, because, you know, Phil Hoskins is back in the mix. He's a fifth-year senior who got a waiver. So there's a lot of competition on that D-line. Well, all right. So what's uh, what's the prediction? Um, I, I think a lot of publications are saying, what, uh, third or fourth in the SEC East. What's what's uh, what's your uh, prediction there, Vinny? Because um, they always pick Kentucky ahead of South they always pick South Carolina ahead of Kentucky every year at mm-hmm. SEC Media Days. You know, we're always sixth and, you know, beat South Carolina five years in a row and get picked behind them every year. Every year. <laughs> get picked behind Missouri every no year, beating them four or five years in a row. So, <laughs> so yeah, like, I'm trying not to be like no respect guy, but sometimes there is that, you know, danger field mentality with the way Kentucky is perceived. And I get it. They've been. Well, listen, I'll tell you this much. No one's picking Vanderbilt over Kentucky. (laughs) And and that's, you know, a few years ago, y'all were beating us to death. You know, James Franklin was beating us 40 to nothing, (laughs) 38 to eight in front of 10 fans at Commonwealth Stadium. So that's, you know, (laughs) Um, I'll give them, because Georgia's still the, the, the target, Georgia and Florida. I would say. And who knows how this season goes? If you even, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll say third between Georgia and Florida. Uh, okay. but they could easily beat Florida again. I'll say third, third in the okay. conference. Hey, I, hey, I like the confidence. Uh, you know, getting in there and and getting above Tennessee, which would make a lot of a uh, lot of both of our fan bases very very happy. Yeah, yeah well, I want to actually talk about that Tennessee game because yes, that's the one. Because I, I, I was reading that there'll be. 
Yeah, I was reading about the Tennessee game that they're going to be wearing special jerseys against Tennessee this year, and uh, all the proceeds from that are going to go to BLM, I think, which is absolutely fantastic. Tennessee's wearing special jerseys. It's in Knoxville. Tennessee's wearing the black jerseys for Black Lives Matter when Kentucky goes to town, goes to Neyland. So, uh, and they're really look y'all are in Tennessee, and we're out we, with those we, orange fans. They're really they get appalled at the thought of any kind of uniform change. So I'm sure this is going to go over real well. <laughs> Hopefully you guys can beat them in the, in the uh, black jerseys and whatever jerseys they're wearing. Hopefully you can go into nailing and upset those, uh, those orange people. And should have beat them last year. You know, there's, they've beaten them. What this decade beat them in 2011 to end the streak when Dooley was there, mm-hmm. beat them in 2017 when Butch Jones went 0 and 8 in the conference that year. But there's still years where actually Kentucky Kentucky was better last year and, and just gave it away at the end. The year before in Knoxville, they just laid an egg. You know, that's the 10 and 3 year and still couldn't beat Tennessee that year. So you still got to hear that. Y'all had your best team ever and you still couldn't beat us. So that's that's what they're, you know, chirping. <laughs> um, they just laid an egg that day. Got beat 24 yeah. to 7 in Neyland. You know, I remember watching that game. Like Peyton Manning. It was terrible. Yeah. I remember watching that game going. What? <laughs> that was right after the Georgia game, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was. It, I guess it was that. Handle business, and then they, it was like a big Athens UGA hangover or something in Knoxville the following week. Well, one of my favorite Kirby Smart meltdowns happened um, up there in Lexington that year. He uh, There was that uh, where they were down on the goal line, and y'all forced fourth and goal from the one, and, and Kirby kicked the field goal because he was uh, – tired of seven straight tries from the one uh, the previous week at Florida and then another three tries in a row couldn't get in and, and he went off on Jim Chaney on, on the headsets and it was it was one of those they caught it on TV too so um, I, I was like wow we're like we're up you know a whole bunch and we're, we're you know we're got this game well in hand and he's you yeah. know about to rip his headset off I, thought, I think he, yeah I think he was about to go up and actually uh, whip his tail it was crazy. So, yeah. well, Vinny, I, I know you gotta. I know you gotta get back to uh, get back to work or whatever. Um, and uh, I just wanted to uh, thank you for coming on, and uh, thank you for uh, for joining us on the show. And, and then you gave us some great insight on Kentucky, and, and hope to circle back around game week. Absolutely, definitely looking forward to having y'all on game week. Glad to see some SEC and particularly SEC East love in here in these Believe mm-hmm. podcast streets. We're all out here uh, getting it going, getting everything, getting our shows built up, and mm-hmm. looking forward to having even more fun than we're having now once we have some national games and stuff to, to chop. Well, yes, absolutely. And th- yeah, oh, thanks yeah. so much, Vinny, for, uh, f- for dropping all that insight. Appreciate y'all for having me. Have a good weekend, and uh, all the best with the Vandy and Georgia pods, man, for sure. Likewise. I appreciate it, and likewise to you with Kentucky. Appreciate it, fellas. Yeah. All right, thanks, thanks Vinny. Vinny. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Show Me Your Opponents. Again, want to thank Matt and Vinny for joining me. Uh, you can find Matt at Believe in Vandy, and you can find Vinny at Vinny Hardy on Twitter. Uh, you can find their shows Believe in Kentucky with Vinny Hardy and Tony Delk, and you can find at Believe in Vanderbilt Football uh, Matt 
Perkins and Zach Stacy. Uh, you can find our show on social media at Believe in Dogs, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, give us a follow. Let us know what you think. And uh, hopefully uh, share that SEC East love. There's been a few new SEC shows that have sprouted up on our network. Our network is continuing to grow. Uh, so be a believer. Do you believe? Well, certainly a lot of people believe because networks are sprouting all over the uh, Believe Network. So I'd uh, like to see that. Again, want to thank our sponsors, betonline.ag. I look forward to some blackjack later on. And uh, hopefully I can win a new car. Maybe not that ambitious, but one can dream, right? So uh, I want to thank you for listening. Again, uh, follow us, subscribe, uh, find us wherever you listen to your podcast. want to thank you. And as always, go dogs. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.